After a fun week last week, reality comes crashing back uh, for the Sharks as they lose both their games over the weekend. So we'll dig into uh, the Vegas and the Ducks game and check it on the Barracuda on this episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, probably part of the Locked on Network, where we cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everydayer, um, all you got to do is just follow along wherever you get podcasts, or you can subscribe on YouTube as well, or do both. Both is great. And the Sharks, after a fun week last week of winning games and uh, watching another team kind of be the center of the poop hole universe um, in the Edmonton Oilers, um, everything came crashing back to reality this weekend as the Sharks uh, lose to Vegas 5 nothing, and then they lose to the Ducks 4-1. to um, And very much what we have seen from Sharks hockey. So we'll dig into these games, uh, look at what the numbers say, and then check in on the Barracuda who had an interesting weekend of hockey. But before we do all that, do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you guys by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details details all right uh the vegas game there is nothing to take away from it uh for the sheer fact that um it was an absolute beatdown by vegas um the five nothing score actually i think doesn't really do the game justice because vegas kind of got up by two and then just kind of put the clamps on the sharks uh because they are a stanley cup contending team the defending stanley cups and the sharks are the sharks uh so there's i really don't want to spend i want to focus more on the ducks because i think there's more interesting things to take away from that game and it's uh kind of hopefully hopefully a glimpse into the future uh with with the sharks playing the ducks so um yeah that game was uh the vegas game was it was an absolute beatdown. they like i said the ducks or not the ducks the the gold knights they were did enough to kind of put down the Sharks. And then when they needed to kind of step on the gas for a little bit and put the game away in the beginning of the third period, they did that. And that's what Stanley Cup teams do. They put away bad teams and don't give them a chance. And um, it was a little close going into the second intermission. But yeah, like I said, Vegas kind of did what they wanted. Everybody's numbers looked bad because, again, the Sharks just could not get anything going offensively. So let's turn our attention over to, like I said, well, the Ducks game, which... I think it's more intriguing. Um, yes, it was a four to one loss. Um, but you saw, you see a franchise in the Ducks that is um, trusting its development and its young uh, players and putting them in positions to succeed, right? You saw Mason McTavish, who's part of the 
William Eklund draft. Like that was the third pick in the 2021 draft. Um, Leo Carlson, who was the second pick in this year's draft, right? Um, you have Mitchkov or Pavel Michnikov, um, who was uh, in the 2022 draft, the 10th overall pick in that draft. And you see these young guys um, contributing and being pieces you can see where this team is headed with the ducks right and yes they've signed some smart players like frank petrano and you know like Radko goot like they've made some smart surroundings around these guys but you can kind of see where this team is going and you hope we're hoping that the sharks in a year or two will kind of start to look like what we see from the ducks now where it's uh you know like like you could see the glimmer of hope after the ducks have kind of been through the mud the past couple of seasons. And, you know, kind of, especially with last year where they were the worst team in the NHL and um, they got rewarded with the second pick overall and for their, their causes uh, for their troubles this year. But um, that's the hope, right? And I know the sharks, they have some young players that we're kind of waiting to see, you know, you look at like guys like Thomas Bordalo, um, who's been having an, a pretty nice uh, kind of, couple games with the barracuda here you have guys like daniel gushin um but like for sharks fans we're kind of waiting for the big pieces right you have phil beeson who's doing his thing over in sweden um you have will smith who's who's off to a, a nice start in the collegiate level um and we're just kind of playing the waiting game right now which i think is a frustrating part for sharks fans is because there's just nothing we can do about it right will smith is not ready for to be playing um NHL games right now like that that's fine he he needs to play um play continue to play uh with Boston College and continue his development right and Philip B said um who I've watched you know quite a bit this year again not quite ready for NHL games and guys like Thomas Bordalo where it's just like you you see he's kind of a tweener right now where he's doing very well in the AHL, but he just can't kind of get his footing right now in the NHL um so we're just kind of as Sharks fans just kind of waiting and and waiting for our guys to kind of get their turn with it. And that's what makes, I think it's so frustrating, right? Cause there's, yes, there's some fun, young, talented guys like William Eklund, I think is despite the, he did have an assist tonight. That is a point in three out of four games for William Eklund, um, which you notice as soon as you put him with hurdle, uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit, but you know, there's him and Zetterlin, but the Sharks didn't draft Zetterlin, right? You got him in the trade. And same thing with Nikita Ohochuk. And um, you can see, like, some of these guys, like, okay, I can kind of, I can see how they can be valuable pieces going forward. But we, we don't have the big shiny toys quite yet. And hopefully um, next season, right? you start seeing the big shiny toys make their make their debut and make their impression. And then you can really start to, to kind of see the hope coming. Right. Um, you know, guys like realist, realistically, like you could have potentially a Will Smith coming. Um, you could have a potentially, if you get really lucky and continue the, the, course that you're on a Macklin Celebrini who will be playing in the NHL next year. Um, you could have Philip Beasted. Uh, Philip Beasted will be over in San Jose next year. So uh, probably playing with the bear crew, but ready to, you know, kind of make his jump uh, at some point. You're going to have a guy like Mukumadulin who should be a full-time NHL player by next year. Um, you can start to see like the pieces coming together for, for San Jose. And that doesn't even include uh, guys like Halton and, and Quinn Musty are probably going to spend a couple more years in the OHL. Um, like you 
you can see right like and for ducks fans it like again we can we can definitely sympathize for them we've been kind of the same we've been just as bad as they have for the past couple of years but they've gotten a two-year head start on the rebuild because they had their draft picks for the first couple uh, of their rebuild while the sharks were still trying to work through not having their draft picks and we're starting to see the fruits of our labor here again will smith whoever you draft in this year's draft like you can start to see the path forward so um from this game, though, I think kind of the big takeaways is if it's not the hurdle line, you're not getting any offense uh, going. And when we look at the numbers here in a little bit, um, you'll we'll see that. And that was really kind of been one of the big disappointing things for the Sharks this year is we going into the off season, like in the off season, we could you know you were hoping that the forward line would kind of be where it was at, right? You could kind of squint and be like, yeah, I can see some working lines and I know they don't have Barabanov and I know they have, don't have Couture, but it's still just been, if it's not Tomas Hurdle and, you know, whoever Hurdle's playing with and that the hurdles that are in uh, Eklund line has been outstanding for the most part. Again, I'm not going to count the Vegas game because that's Vegas. Um, but the, this line has been really good since you put them together but you're not getting a lot of secondary scoring. You're not getting any secondary scoring for the most part. Um, and that has been a real troublesome part for, for the Sharks is just, you can see, right? The Ducks, right? You have Frank Vetrano, you have Mason McTavish, you've got Leo Carlson. Like there's a lot of guys who are kind of able to chip in, right? And they didn't even have Trevor Zegris and Jamie Drysdale, who are two of their kind of the first picks in, in the beginning of their rebuild. Um, so it's it's just, it's f- very frustrating that the Sharks just cannot get any sustained offense, especially from the depth. What you hoped was going to be the the kind of the part that would be able to carry them, right? You go into the offseason, right? It was, okay, the forwards should be pretty decent. We know the blue line is going to be a mess, and there's been a lot of question marks in goal. Well, the goaltending has been the best. The defense is still kind of a mess, but the forwards just have not been pulling their uh, weight for the most part. So uh, we'll get into more of the numbers here in just a second. Uh, look at, you know, what the Ducks did so well in this game. Um and then, of course, checking with the Barracuda here in just one second. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guarantee fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back uh, because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win so keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guarantee fit only available to us customers all right uh let's dig into the numbers for this sharks ducks game um so 47 minutes of 5v5. Um, Ducks had 52 shot attempts, gave up 38. Um, actual shots at 5v5 was 29 to 21. Um, 18 to 24 scoring chances in favor of the Ducks. 10, 15 to 10 uh, chance 
high danger chances in favor of the Ducks. And expected goals for was 2.66 to 1.85 in favor of the Ducks. Actual goals, again, 5.15 was 2 to 1. Um, and the special teams kind of is a big story for this. And that was the difference, I think, in this game was the Ducks had two power play goals and the Sharks weren't able to get a power play goal. And this Ducks, if you remember last year, this Ducks special team was one of the worst, one of the worst I had ever seen in my life. Um, if you remember watching the Ducks last year. But this, again, infusion of talent, new coaching, and you see where this duck team, this duck team is starting to head into um, and kind of really starting to find themselves. And the special teams was the difference tonight. The Sharks got over two on their power plays ducks were two for five on their special teams. Um, and when you lose four to one, um, that's, that's a big reason why right there. So uh, was, was the special teams um, sharks though. They like it was a pretty back and forth game for about the first half of this game until we saw kind of a, a, per, a lot of a lot of power plays. And like I said, this where the Ducks really kind of took over was feeding off those power plays. And then the beginning of the third where they were able to to get those two quick goals, including the absolute knuckleball funny goal from uh, Ratko Gudis. Um, poor Mackenzie Blackwood, just no chance like he just. No chance on that. Vlasic uh, needed to be like six inches taller to even have a, an opportunity to save that. Um, poor Blackwood. You feel bad because that's that's the most Sharks goal of all time right there. Um, the only thing that could have been funnier is if it was somehow off a Shark stick and then knuckled into it. But like a the Sharks shot it somehow. Um, yes, I know it was off, off uh, Hoffman's stick. But though what the Ducks, I, I want to say what they did really well tonight was really kind of uh, drive to the net and especially kind of as the game went on the first part of the game the sharks really kind of controlled that you know getting those high danger chances it was actually five to four in favor of the sharks after the first period but then in the second period when the, the ducks really kind of put their foot down and really started to take control of the game and the sharks had to play a ton of, of minutes in their own zone they had six to one high danger chances at at uh, five at five v five and thirteen to one scoring chances in the second period, and that's where the Sharks lost it right there. I know they didn't score any goals, but you just spent so much time trying to defend in your own zone, and then I think beginning of the third period is kind of when the dam broke for the Sharks. And um, after that, the Ducks basically just parked the bus and was like, "You're not you. There's no way that you're going to score three goals on us in this period." So, um, yeah, good job for the Ducks. As continue, you know. It's fun to see this team kind of starting to creep out of the basement. And you're just hoping that's going to be you here uh, the next year or so. As for the lines, uh, the Sharks ran 11 and 7 tonight. Uh, so the line numbers are going to be a little weird. Uh, we did see the Equin hurdles that only they, that line got the most ice time at 9.30. Equin did lead all forwards again uh, with 21.13 in time on ice. But 5v5, uh, 9.30, this line had nine shot attempts, gave up 11. Um, actual shots was 6 to 5 uh, with an expected goals for 0.11 to 0.21. Uh, one to five scoring chances, zero to two high danger chances with uh three, six, three for the zone starts. Next was the Cunning Grandland Zadina line at 431. Um, and this is where I think you're really hurting not having Anthony Duclair, who's been out with sickness. We'll see if he's back on Tuesday. Um, so 431, 
three to 12 shot attempts, one to three actual shots uh, on goal, 0.13 to 0.45 expected goals for two to three scoring chances. We'll give them, you know, a little bit of nod there, uh, zero to two high danger chances, um, and then two uh, neutral zone starts. The Hoffman, Sturm, Kevin LeBanc line, uh, they played 325, had one to three uh, shot attempts, one to one uh, actual shots on goal. Um, didn't do much other than that. Um, and then we saw a little bit of the Eklund Hurdle Cunning line, which actually scored the goal for the Sharks. Um, 325 time on ice, five to three shot attempts, uh, three to two actual shots on goal, one goal four, uh, 0.53 to 0.18 expected goals for five to one scoring chances, five to one high danger chances. Um, so I would not be surprised if Tuesday's game against the Panthers, if you saw that line together, the Equin Hurdle Cunning line. Um, and then maybe you see Zettelin drop down to the second line where you have like a Zettelin Granlin Zadina line, or if Duclair's back, you could have Zettelin Granlin Duclair. Uh, but again, I would not be surprised to see the Equin Hurdle Cunning line because uh it looked pretty solid tonight for the limited time and you did get a goal out of them. So, and for a team that is trying to scrounge goals together, that might be your way to go here. Um, quickly, there's some of the other lines. Uh, Zadina Granlin LeBanc played for a little bit. Um, Zettelin Sturm Hoffman, like all the other lines really didn't put together too, too much time on ice. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood's performance tonight was, Okay, um, <laughs> poor guy. Uh, the one goal, like, that's just a weird goal. But he, again, kind of kept the Sharks in it as he's been doing all season. So um, 44 shots again, 44, 40 saves, excuse me. Um, goals against four, expected goals against 4.53. So basically did exactly what you would expect of him. Uh, 909 save percentage, uh, 16 high danger shots against 14 saves, uh, 13 mid-danger, 13 saves, low-danger, 11 um, low-danger, 9 low-danger saves. So um, kind of wasn't an outstanding performance, but, you know, kind of a what, what you would type of expect uh, from from Mackenzie Blackwood. So, um, yeah, I, I know, again, you're missing basically a line between um, Barabanov, Couture, and Duclair. That's that would be a pretty nice second line. And but you're seeing right having to have guys kind of play up a little bit further than they're expected to. Um, and then running 11 and 7 tonight because you didn't want to see Oscar Lindblom in there. It's this depth which we were hoping for is just not there right now. And the depth scoring is not there. And we don't know when you're going to see Couture back because he hasn't started skating yet. And Barabanov started skating. So I'm still kind of expecting that after Thanksgiving, beginning of December window for him. I think uh, December 7th would be, I think six weeks or I think that's what the originally had kind of picked um, him coming back. So it's probably going to be, and you play you play a very good Panthers team, and then you play the Blues on Thursday, who have played well recently, but still struggle offensively. I know they put up eight against the the Abs the other night, but um, maybe they're starting to find their ground. So it might be a little while until the Sharks find that next win. So um, we'll dig into a team that has started to win here a little bit in our San Jose Barracuda here in just one second. 
A new NHL season could bring all sorts of possibilities. The Sharks could score 50 goals as a team. Um, they could also win the draft lottery. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice uh, for Daily Fantasy Sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. They make it super easy. All you do is just pick some of your favorite players, whether you want to pick a guy like Crosby or McDavid or Ovechkin, or you can pick a guy like some of your favorite Sharks players like Eklund or Hurdle or whomever, and they'll record more or less than the sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. 2,800 times bet with sleeper, you just need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Sharks fans. You win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, let's finish up with our San Jose Barracuda, uh, who lost on Friday night to the Charlotte Checkers and then came back and won on Sunday uh, versus the Checkers. And you, this the, the Friday night game was very much the same type of script where we've seen before, where Barracuda come out really well, they're kind of playing well, and then all of a sudden the wheels come off and they give up a bunch of goals uh, quickly, and it's kind of a you know, uh, parade to the penalty box and very, very much the, the same. But Friday, I was really impressed with, or sorry, Saturday, Sunday, today's game, I was really impressed with their response after that because um, they won 5-1, to one and it was what kind of, you know, what we've seen where the Barracuda, they get out to a lead. They had their a 3-1 lead in the second period, and the checkers are really putting the pressure on them and kind of controlling the game, and you felt like it was going to kind of fall apart, as we have seen from the Barracuda a lot this season. But they got a goal, um, kind of opened up to a three-goal lead, and then they were able to kind of put things away in the third uh, period, um, playing some very good penalty kill um, and then getting, uh, you know, getting a nice play at the end of the game to kind of put it away at five to one uh, with, with Nathan and Todd uh, basically bouncing a puck off Justin Bailey uh, and get uh, to go in and, and put the score up to five to one. But some of the players I want to highlight is Thomas Bordalo, who has been playing wing for the Barracuda. I, I wonder if the, uh, Bordalo center. I assume the Bordalo center dream is kind of dead. Um, and they want him to kind of get used to playing wing. Um, this weekend, I think he played really well. He had two goals. Um, and, uh, he had a, did he have a goal in front? But yeah, I think he had a goal in front as well. But, um, he, he had points in, in all the games and he was very noticeable every time you were on the ice. Um, start of Sunday's game, he's pressuring a checkers defenseman who's trying to kind of set up the breakout. He gets a stick in the way. It puck pops up right to Tanner Kaspik, who's able to start the game off with a goal right there. Um, his goal, he kind of starts the breakout on his goal, right? He kind of wins a little bit of a board battle, makes a really nice play uh, to get the puck out into the center ice. And then it's a odd man rush, and he is the recipient of the goal there. Very nice goal. Uh, kind of a nice like tic-tac-toe goal between the three forwards. Um, he's had some nice chemistry with, with Cardwell. And 
I don't think he's going to get called up quite yet because uh, from what it sounds like with Mike Greer, they don't want to really call a lot of the young players up right now because they want, um, as he said, to kind of clean up their mess up, up, up top before they start kind of bringing some of these young guys in um, into this environment. What He wants them to continue to play well down there. So um, Bordolo, that is a good re- you know, you, you wonder, especially for guys been kind of up and down a little bit the past, kind of the end of last season, the beginning of this season, how he would respond. And he's been responding really well. That's what you want to see is him kind of taking the direction that he knows he needs and, and applying it. So um, I would assume he's going to get called up at some point, especially with what we've seen with the Sharks. Um, he deserves to play some, you know, get a good long run here with, with the Sharks at some point. Um, but... Definitely, definitely look good. Um, the defense, I think, is really, really cleaned up. And it's, I think they're starting to kind of find the right pieces together, right? We've seen uh, Thrun and Kavanke, or not sorry, uh, we've seen Mukumadolun and Kavanke kind of been put together for a good chunk of the season. I think that partnership's really starting to play out. Um, and Henry Thrun, I, I really liked his game, uh, especially on Sunday. Um, he had a really nice, I think Chichek kind of fumbled a, he kind of like jumped up and like caught a pass uh, or like a puck that was over him. And then as he tried to put it down, it got poked away from him, right? Kind of a little bang, bang play. Um, so it was a breakaway and Thrun made a great, great play um, to break up the breakaway uh, without drawing a penalty and keep Magnus Krona, you know, kind of keep a, a, a high danger chance down away from Magnus Krona. So, um, Thrun, we're starting to kind of, I think he's starting to kind of find his footing for there. I know there's such a huge kind of pipeline of the defense, and uh, I'll probably be digging into kind of what to do with the defense and going here in an episode quickly, uh, pretty soon on on what the Sharks should do here with, with some of these guys. But um, it's good to see like him starting to play better. Um, I think Luke Madulin, we haven't seen the kind of flashy, gaudy numbers we saw at the end of last year, but I think you're seeing a more steady game from him, and that's what you want to work on for him to work on, right? Is kind of in his own zone, that area of the game before he kind of makes his jump into the NHL. So, uh, again, you haven't really seen the production that you'd expect, but I think you also have a lot more offensively gifted defensemen on right you have a guy like Gavanke um you know I know Henry Thrun like you have some more pieces down there and um I would go with I can't go without saying Redeem Shimmick who has really taken this demotion in stride and I think he's he's looked very very solid with the Barracuda this year um and I do wonder if we keep seeing what we're seeing, if he might get another chance with the Sharks at some point this year, um, if he can stay healthy, right? That's always been the question with, with Shimmick is can he stay healthy? Um, we'll see with, with Shimmick what what happens with him, but um, I think he's played really, really, really well with the Barracuda, and he's been a nice kind of fit with them. And I, like I said, I think they've they've started to find their defensive pairings down there. Um, as for the forwards, though, like I said, um, you know, I, I thought I really liked Bordelow's game this weekend. Um, Brandon Coe had a really terrible hit, uh, blindsided a guy from the back, um, drove him into the boards. And I was actually surprised he was not suspended for Sunday's game. Like it, it was that type of hit from him, um, which is kind of, you know, like Coe's had a really nice start to the season, but stuff like that, right? That, that is just those mental errors from the game that you can't do, especially when you're already down and trying to, you know, then the Barracuda had to kill a five minute power play after that. Um, I've also really liked Cardwell's game. Um, he had a goal this weekend as well. 
um, where it's just that kind of gritty, like get to the front of the net type of game. Um, and I, I really think he's starting to kind of come along uh, for the Barracuda and looks to be a really, really nice piece for them. So once they get Tristan Robbins back, I think this, this Barracuda team will be ready to kind of continue to find some consistency, right? It's been very up and down with them. And it's kind of what we saw from last year, right? Is can you start to string some good games together? Um, and if they can start to do that, you're going to feel a lot better about this Barracuda team going forward. So, um, and then shout out to Magnus Corona getting his first uh, AHL win. I thought he was spectacular on Sunday. That's, that's kind of two Barracuda games in a row that he's played really, really well. Uh, the goal he gave up was a kind of a fluke goal where um got tipped at like the last second and nobody saw it uh, coming. Like he was in good position and then all of a sudden it was, yeah, just the goal it was just tipped funky. So, uh, but the game against the Wranglers before he got called up to the, to the, to the Sharks, um, you know, he, he gave up one goal in that game. I think it was like 38 or 39 saves, uh, and they lose one to nothing. And then this game, it was nice to see him rewarded for a strong performance. So, um, and then Romanoff has been playing really well, and I got a little shaken up on Friday night's game. Um, like those two guys are starting to kind of figure it out here. And if you can figure, find anything with E2 McNamee, who can just, I know he was the backup today, but we just have not seen enough of him. Um, but you feel like between Romanov and and between uh, Magnus Krone, starting to kind of see the the makings of a very good goaltender room that, that can push each other. So, um, and as as both those guys keep playing well, um, yeah, feeling good about where the Barracuda are heading. So. Um, that's going to be it for me today. We'll be back tomorrow where we're going to dig into three of the Sharks prospects and um, kind of digging onto the games that I've watched and what I've seen from them, what's gone well for them, what they need to continue to work on. Um, so make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And of course, uh, you can watch on YouTube as well. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole. Until tomorrow. Bye, friends.